Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Thursday, July 14th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Blues singer Dylan Triplett's career was upended when the pandemic shut down performance venues. Now, the 21-year-old East St. Louis native is ready to release his debut album and reflect on some tough years. It was very difficult for me to explain what I was going through. But now that I've been through it and I'm out of it and I'm not there anymore, I'm without a shadow of a doubt so happy. Triplett discusses his journey with St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis in just a few minutes. A major restructuring of the way St. Louis handles civilian oversight of its jail and police department has received initial approval at the Board of Aldermen. But as St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman reports, its future is uncertain. 26th Ward Alderwoman Shamim Clark Hubbard has been working on this bill since May 2021. Her proposal gives more power and responsibilities to the detention facilities and civilian oversight boards. They'll be overseen by a commissioner of civilian oversight and must receive adequate funding and staff. The measure also gives the circuit attorney the power to create a unit within her office to investigate police misconduct, including officer-involved shootings. But the 14 yes votes won't be enough to send the bill to the mayor when the board meets on Friday. That takes 15. Hubbard says she'll be reaching out to a few colleagues who voted present. I'm Rachel Lippman. St. Louis Public Radio. There is another effort to stop developer Paul McKee from calling a proposed three-bed medical facility Homer G. Phillips Hospital. The Missouri Independent reports the Homer G. Phillips Nurses alumni has filed a federal lawsuit against McKee for trademark infringement. McKee wants to build the more than $20 million health care center at the former pruitt Igo housing project in St. Louis. His lawyer tells the Independent there are still plans to move forward. The original Homer G. Phillips Hospital opened in 1937 and was the only public hospital for black residents in St. Louis until the mid-50s. It was also a global training facility for black doctors and nurses. Demolition could start Monday on Culver House next to Powell Hall. It's a huge loss for preservationists who, for months, tried to convince the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra to save the structure. The orchestra is tearing down the building it acquired in 2015 to make way for a multi-million dollar renovation of Powell Hall. Orchestra officials say the house has significant damage, including asbestos and rotting wood, which left it unusable. Andrew Weil is the executive director of the Landmarks Association of St. Louis, which works to preserve historic buildings. He says there are not many 19th century homes left in the neighborhood. It's disappointing that one arts institution would destroy another component of St. Louis's artistic and architectural and cultural heritage. Symphony officials say demolition is expected to take around five days. Amtrak's Missouri River Runner will be back in full swing starting Monday. The trains are resuming twice-daily round trips between St. Louis and Kansas City. Service had been cut back during the pandemic because of a lack of funding. But Governor Mike Parson's signature on a hefty budget is bringing the morning and afternoon runs back. Amtrak says a study before the pandemic found the Missouri River Runner generates more than $200 million annually. Illinois college students and people who work in higher education in the state will no longer face COVID-19 vaccine mandates. Alex Degman explains. Governor J.B. Pritzker's updated order leaves in place the vaccine mandate for K-12 school employees. 
Dan Montgomery is president of the Illinois Federation of Teachers, which represents higher ed faculty, staff, and graduate students. In a statement, he said he supports the order because it'll help keep, quote, school buildings open and everyone in them healthy but he wasn't available to comment on changes to higher education. The updated order also drops the vaccine requirement for emergency medical service providers, plus unvaccinated health care employees in hospitals, doctor's offices, and long-term care facilities won't have to get tested for COVID as often. I'm Alex Degman. Over the past two years, East St. Louis blues singer Dylan Triplett has lost loved ones, experienced homelessness, and moved to Nashville. Those experiences informed his art, and now the 21-year-old blues musician is ready to release a debut album of covers and his own music. St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis asked Triplett how the record reflects his life journey. It was very difficult for me to explain what I was going through. But now that I've been through it and I'm out of it and I'm not there anymore, I'm without a shadow of a doubt so happy. I'm so happy that I am where I am right now because without that stuff, I probably wouldn't be here right now. Every day I wake, first thing I see. Some crazy I had a real big stagnant moment in these past two, three years. It was rough. I emotionally was going downhill, you know what I mean? But I found the light, and that light was on the inside of me the entire time. I just needed to light it again. And it was the whole reason why I did this in the first place, the whole reason why I'm doing music now. It's because of the light. It's not because of what I've been through. It's because of the light that I found at the end. Is that something that a listener can expect to hear about on the record, mm-hmm. things that touch those emotions, those experiences? Yes. And it is, I mean, and it's rough in itself because the drummer, that uh, that played on the album, he actually passed away. You know what I mean? And he was a mentor of mine. He was a big mentor of mine. He was the reason why I'm in Nashville now. He told me to get out to St. Louis and do more things outside of St. Louis. He was like, St. Louis is going to kill you if you don't get out of here. And I chose life. It was a life or death situation for real. And it was right after he passed away, everything started happening. Montez Coleman, he was my, my biggest supporter. He was my, like, he was, he was my road dog. He was my guy that was in my ear telling me the truth and nothing else. You know what I mean? If, if anything, I needed to hear somebody tell me what I needed to hear instead of what I wanted to hear. You have one single that's out already, and that's Junkyard Dog. Mm-hmm. You know, talk to me a little bit about that song in particular. My producer was like, I was like, man, I don't really know what I want this song to be about. I got these lyrics right here, and I don't really know exactly where I'm going in the direction of this. And he was like, okay, well, what do you have in mind? What, what, what were you, what concept were you thinking in your brain? And I was like, man, I was in this relationship. <laughs> Argue at the zoo, they force a fight at the grocery store, and even at the church house too. Gotta find little girl. And it was with this fine, with this fine, with this fine person, but they had the worst attitude in the world. They treated me horribly, but they loved me just as strong as they just as strong as they treated me horribly. And it was like with that and every other relationship that I saw growing up in my life, I saw that same exact situation. Let's just start from the beginning. You know, okay. talk a little bit about. When and how your interest in music started? I grew up singing gospel at about age nine, you know, so I, I grew up in church. I was a church boy. You know, it was always it was always about church. I sang in the grown-ups choir at nine years old. I'm singing soprano. You know what I mean? And it, it was something that was like, it was like, okay, you actually have a gift. You know what I mean? And then my voice started dropping and stuff, and I start, I was singing Jackson 5, you know, and I was doing a little bit of everything. My stepdad had got me into it deep. 
And then I think around like probably 12 or 13, you know, I mean, I, I had always grown up hearing blues music my entire life. My grandmother and, you know, she used to be having her drinks, you know what I mean? Playing all Johnny Taylor, you know, B.B. King, all of those folk that I grew up listening to. And I'm like, OK, this is something that I've never heard before. You know what I mean? It's completely unlike anything else. What do you want people to gauge from your album? I want people to have that connection and I want it to be limitless as to how it connects. You know what I mean? I want it to cross all boundaries, all walks of life, all ethnicities, all religions, everything. I want it to cross everywhere. That was blues singer Dylan Triplett speaking with St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis. Our David Casares edited that report. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Have a great day. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.